Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we are interviewing Alex Tenenbaum, who I just worked with in Omaha. She was my assistant stage manager on the rec but she was also the stage manager for area dante and for the gala performance so she spent like the first two weeks completely focused on those other shows and then came to me i can't even call it tech week because we started tech on day one so alex is also or has done a few of the things alex has done is she's a an assistant stage manager with alvin ailey who's a dance company in new york city and this is your second her second year i believe um, Alex has a dance background, which I want to ask her about in a minute. And she also worked as an assistant stage manager on Sleep No More, which I think is pretty much why they brought her in to help on the rec, because Sleep No More is an immersive, um, not opera, it's an immersive show that's in this warehouse in New York that's seven stories tall, I think. So they're like, great, somebody who does weird stuff as well. She can come work with Cindy. Um, also about Alex, which I'm excited about, is her sister's a stage manager. So she does have theater in her family. So turning it over to Alex, how did you get into theater? Is this something that's newer to you or is it, has, has it been part of your life, your entire life? Um, it's, it's mostly been a part of my entire life. Um, I grew up on Long Island. Um, so my dad would take me to uh, see ballet or musicals or opera all the time. Um, I got into stage management because of my sister. Um, she was doing, she was production stage manager for um, Spiegel World's Empire in Times Square. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> I needed a summer job at the time. So uh, she gave me the job of being an usher. <laughs> but, but then being an usher slowly turned into being a PA. And yeah, and then it was just on from there. So how long did you, you, you are, a, you were trained as a dancer, right? Or yeah, I was trained as a dancer, um, throughout high school and college. Um, and actually, you know, my entire life, <laughs> um, my, my mom was a dancer. My sister was a dancer. Um, my brothers danced. Yeah, so everyone did it. <laughs> like it's just a family thing. It's, it's a family thing. Um, I danced professionally in high school for a little bit, um, and then I went on to college. And around about the time that I became like an usher PA with my sister, I was on. I just completed my freshman year at the new school as a dance major. So then, what? What made you switch to stage management? Was it that summer with your sister where you realized that you enjoyed doing that? Or did you kind of have an inkling about stage management before you did that? Um, honestly, before that, I had not a single clue what she did. <laughs> uh, she just knew like her title and that was about it? I got dragged to just about every show that she did. Nice. Um, so... <laughs> So that was always a joy. Um, so I, I never really truly understood what she did until I was like with her because the setup of Empire was in a Spiegel tent. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's basically a giant German tent with mirrors um, and it's circus in the round. Um, so our job was a little more hands-on. So getting to watch my sister and her team do what they do, it was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And then to see that like I could actually be useful in some way. <laughs> it's always good like even like even like she would she used to make me like sit behind so one of the the lead singer used to sit in the aisle during one performance and sing in the aisle and it was just my job to sit behind her with the water bottle and just push (laughs) it towards her and then take it away when she was done (laughs) I have done a couple shows like that where like the first time I did Faust as a production assistant, I sat in this house for all of Act Two underneath a window. And my whole job was twice. Uh, Marguerite came off into the house and she didn't want to have to bend down to pick up the water bottle or to unscrew the lid. So I sat in this house for 45 minutes. And the two times she came into the house, I just handed her the water. And then I sat there. It was. Yep. And that's just. Yeah. So. That singer ended up being Lena Hall, who went on to do Hedwig and the Angry Inch after that. So nice, nice. It was pretty cool. Um, And what else did I have to do? Uh, She, I think, like one of the highlighting moments was there. So there's like this roller skating duo, um, and they were very sensitive to like flash photography. And the audience was allowed to take pictures and like we more than many times like don't flash. Um, but we had one person in particular in the front row who was filming it but had his flash on, which is like very dangerous for them. So, so it was just like a constant light. Yeah, and so my sister um told her head carp to tell me to go and tell them to turn it off. And I feel like I, to this day, I do not know why my first instinct was to crawl over to them. So I crawled <laughs> in front of the front row to them. <laughs> well, you're trying to stay out of people's sidelines. That's very nice of you. Yeah. And it ended up being like the totally like the correct thing to do. And like, while all the production team was laughing, it was like the best way to handle that situation. Right. They were laughing, but they were probably really happy that you actually did that. And not yeah. like walk in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, your sister yeah. was probably very entertained. But then, like, yeah, good, she's useful. Yeah, yeah, that's and so that like started that whole summer started a whole thing of like, well, do I want to try stage management? Do I want to do it on my own? Like, how do I do this? Um. So I was already enrolled in dance classes, so that wasn't going to change. Um, but I. I think I dropped a dance class and took production toolkit and like had this wonderful uh, professor. Her name was Sarah and she used to be the production manager at Jazz Lincoln Center. Hmm. Um, and she was a stage manager once upon a time. And so she like pushed me to do the main stage musical and like and that started a whole thing. I went down the rabbit hole of experimental theater for a few years. <laughs> I would say you still kind of do experimental theater. or Yeah, it was just, it was very different. Um, I So I worked with Temporary Distortion was my first show. And they just basically created a piece. Um, 
and they they're like they were like a self-contained company and they do like site-specific installation events sounds like my kind of thing yeah we worked on it for three months and i made some of the best friends i still have Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm still close with these guys and um so and it was like my first I guess immersive experience because I was PSMing it, having never stage managed or had any formal stage management training, just <laughs> sort of doing what I thought was organized. Mm-hmm. And so I called my first show without even knowing how to properly call a show. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of how I started stage managing. And they're like, here, you're a stage manager. And I had like no classes and as I went, the director or the lighting designer would be like, well, this is what you should do next. And I'd be like, great. Now what do I do? Yeah, I mean, we started yeah. in high school and there were no tech classes. I think we took one acting class uh, because we didn't really have a choice. But that wasn't until like senior year. So just kind of figured it out. Yeah, I honestly didn't even know like really what actors did or like for a long time there, I thought actors, like, built their own sets and, like, were used to that kind of behavior. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what, happened, that's what happened in this experimental? Yeah. Show? That makes sense. Yeah, they were all down to, like, run their own equipment and, like, do their own thing. Um, as a dancer, you know what dancers do, right? So yeah. Isn't it kind of the same thing for actors? Not... Exactly. Um, the more I've seen the business, the more I see the spectrum is different. I guess depending on where you come from. Um, Between actors and dancers and singers. Yeah. Okay. Because um, a lot of dancers that I know are very self-sufficient, like almost to the point of, um not understanding what production people do because we do so much of it on our own. Hmm. Like I, I remember the first time I worked with a stage manager, I was honestly confused as to why we had to do, we were doing tech and we were just doing like spacing and looking at lights and stuff. And I, I honestly didn't understand why we had to keep running the piece so many times for someone else oh I see because you're like we already know what we're doing why huh yeah like I don't I don't understand that a person is calling cues based off of what we do right I guess you never really explain that to a dancer no and like you know like if you do something wacky one night like you might throw someone else off yeah which I feel happens especially in experimental performance spaces yeah yes yeah yeah it's interesting so then what did what was your second show that you did or did you continue to do work with that company and do experimental pieces for a while um no so i i um i petitioned the school to do more technical theater um and they i might have missed it what school were you in the new school uh eugene lang it's just it's in new york city oh okay yeah yeah um, and so, uh, I petitioned the school to do more and the head of the drama department was doing as you like it. And she mm-hmm. was like, I think you're competent, but 
we already hired a stage manager, but you could be the assistant. Um, and so I did that and I got to know Shakespeare and I got to know like what working with actors was like when they don't have to like build their own set. (laughs) (laughs) And working with another stage manager and like, I've stayed close with her for throughout the years. And like, I've, I've watched her career from like, this show was like her first show in New York. So it's kind of cool that like I've gotten to watch her career grow as she's gotten to watch mine grow. Yeah, that's really cool. And she had stage management training? Yeah. So you kind of learned everything on the job then, or did you actually transfer Uh, finally to stage management in school? Yeah, I finally transferred. So after that, I, um, I went on tour to Australia with my sister and the circus company I started with. Hmm. Um, During school or after you graduated? It was actually just between my sophomore and junior year of college. And how long was the tour? Uh, I was on tour for three months. Nice. Yeah. Were you you an official assistant stage manager or her PA or... I was a lot of things. <laughs> I was um, head usher for part of the time. I was stage management intern at one point. And then I think I finally landed on production assistant, running an assistant stage manager's track. Um, but it was it was a wacky situation. Um, my sister had left the tour, so... The stage management team was in flux, and we had to put in a new PSM. She left, um, like, during during the summer? Yeah, she, she left the tour um, pretty abruptly. She had, like, a medical emergency. Wow. So you went uh, there with her, and then she left, and then you were there trying to put in yeah. a new PSM. Yeah. Oh, that's quite an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and the new PSM, um, he was absolutely amazing. He, on his first day, he was like, I'm going to learn how to call this show, and you're going to keep running your track. He was like, because I'm going to trust that you know what you're doing by this point. Yeah, hopefully. He was like, and if you don't know, you're going to learn. Because <laughs> he's got to learn a new track, you learn a new, uh, keep your track. That's so cool. Had he yeah. been part of the show before, so he kind of knew what was going on, or was he completely new to the whole circus? He, he's not new to circus. Um, he hadn't been stage managing for a while, so that sort of reignited him into stage management. Okay. But he knew about it and what was going on, and oh, yeah. had a basic idea of the craziness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> that would be a little scary to get thrown into or on a big tour not really knowing oh yeah no he was great um and then I I started my junior year after that um at Marymount Manhattan as a stage management um production stage management major can you choose at Marymount Manhattan if you want to do production stage management or assistant stage management or is it all kind of it's all rolled into one. You take two stage management classes um, and you take some stagecraft classes 
and you do some main stages. And so it's kind of like, you know, hope for the best. Right. You learn everything and see where that, that takes you. Yeah. Primarily, Marymount is primarily musical theater. So that's primarily what we learned is musical theater. I would think that's the, I mean, I learned on musical theater. I think that's the best one because it's, it, to me, it's kind of like in between both both um, straight shows and operas. Ideally, you would learn how to call off of a musical score, which is so similar to opera, but at the same time, like it's run like a drama, in my opinion. Yeah. But we didn't. So we didn't really do all of that. Is the thing is we learned about like how you lay out a ground plan, how you take blocking notes, how you um, sort of how you call a show. Like, the basic bare bones of stage management. Um, Did you have to know music? No. Oh, interesting. So, it's a happy coincidence that I do know how to read music um, and count music. Um, mm-hmm. Counting music comes from dance. Reading music comes from, like, elementary school. I somehow hung on to that. <laughs> and then the more you basic. practice, the easier it gets. Yeah, because I have the basic understanding still of how to read music because we did it in elementary school and we were in choir for a number of years, but I haven't had to for years, so I forgot most of it. And Cindy obviously has been pretty heavily in it, so she's (laughs) definitely grown in it. Yeah. So Marymount was, um, I think for me, it was like a stepping stone. I, after that, I worked... I worked in restaurants the whole time I was in college and then post-grad I worked a day job managing restaurants and worked at night um, doing random theater shows, anything I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got the internship at Sleep No More and then I ended up working there full time. What what is Sleep No More? Um, Sleep No More is an immersive show in the city. Um, it's in a warehouse in Chelsea. Uh, it's six floors and it's like a free for all. So were you? It, it it has no linear timeline. It's um on the longer side. It's three hours long. And stage management, um, we do a lot of the resetting and safety and just making sure that the show is running accordingly. So do people just walk through at their own pace or you get moved through? You go at your own pace. So then how did the actors just do whatever it, it seems so unorganized i don't understand how no so we have a show that like it, it runs and it loops and um, then you can see like different scenes in different orders yeah you don't if. have to see yeah you don't see the same thing all at once huh. and is this it runs for a certain amount of time like you guys do this for six weeks and then you do a new one or it's just kind of ever growing no. and changing it's it's the same show Honestly, it's been running for a few years. It's been running for six years. Um, you really can't ever see the whole show. I mean, unless you're like totally dedicated and come for like 
too many performances. <laughs> Real um, dedication. I, I'm quite sure I've never seen the whole show after two years. Wow. That's so that's so awesome. So, so then- I, I know you probably can't talk too much about it because of contractual stuff, but I remember you mentioning when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, like how early you guys had to show up to set up and like how many stairs you would walk. What was your setup process if it was just like six stories of all these different rooms and props? I mean, traditionally in opera, you show up half an hour early and then you do a show. But what was it like doing Sleep No More? Um, it's a lot of making sure your paperwork's up to date. It's a lot of... um working as a team because it is such a big preset. Um, everyone gets assigned duties the same way you would on any show. Um, yeah, that's about as much as I can say. It's, it's like, does it take you like two hours to do or, um, are you not allowed to say it depends which, 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 like what, what you're doing that day. Oh, interesting. Some are longer than others, but generally speaking, we all have a certain time frame in which we have to be done. How many stage managers work the show daily? That I can't say. <laughs> That's so interesting. So I was I'm weird. <laughs> I know people who've gone and seen it a few times, and I know another stage manager who worked on it. Sometimes I think about going to it, but I don't want to be that close to actors. So it always do, makes me super nervous. So do they yet. do like audience participation or you just are there? Um, I'm just there. But like, but if Cindy went, would they interact with her? Like if, an, an immersive uh, thing? or No, you don't have to. Okay, there you go, twin. You don't have to. Stand you in the back. I can get all my steps in going up and down six flights of stairs. Yeah, oh, there you go. Benefits. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I can drag Jennifer to come see it with me. So you did that for a while. And then how did you get into back over to stage managing dance? Or was that something that you kind of always wanted to do? Or did it um, just kind of fall into your lap? So I worked for Sleep No More for a year. And then I, well, it was during the time that I, I was I was still working at Sleep No More, and then I got the Juilliard apprenticeship. Oh, so, right, Juilliard. So for nine months, um, I was at Juilliard, and I did uh, opera, drama, events. Um, we learned about dance, um, but by the time I was slotted to go do a dance show, I had already been offered another contract for seeing you which was from one of the producers of sleep no more doing a new immersive work um and that was something that i really wanted to do i wanted to experience what it was like to stage manage and build an immersive show from the beginning this is yeah yeah um so i left juilliard early um with permission to go and do seeing you and that was and I, and I was on sleep no more and seeing you at the same time at the same time so you would do like seeing you morning and days and then sleep no more in the evenings 
Yeah, so when we were in tech and still building the show, I would do seeing you during the day and then sleep no more at night. So how do you build a show? Like, I've always just done shows that they have a script and you do things based on the script or a theory, but it still is the script. You Do you have a script or are they building the script as it goes or it depends on who the actors are and what they bring to the table? Um, so we uh, we had sort of a script from when they did the lab. Um, but then it, it really sort of like, so we had like a general idea. And this giant empty space. But then it was kind of just create as you go. But so this is like, the one that you had three months to do? Or how much yeah, time did so you have? We... I think we were in tech for at least two months. It's amazing. And then um, once we opened for previews, we still teched during the day. We didn't finish until the end of June, really. Like, to lock in a show. Mm -hmm. and, and then we closed at the end of July. So you really only, like, ran the show for a month? Yeah, I mean, we ran previews, which was pretty close to, like, what the show was, but it, there were some significant changes. Based on audience reaction to it? Yeah, and based on producers and how they felt about it and um, and what they felt was clear or unclear. Right, that makes sense. So then a show like that, is it now a set show that other people can pick up and do? Or it's done and over and will never be produced again? I think it's done and over and will never be produced again since I they don't have the script anymore. <laughs> Interesting. But it, you usually, I mean, kind of like the wreck that we just did, it was so based on, I mean kind of based on the performers that we had and the space that we were in and how we created it that way. So it's not like, you know, a traditional proscenium where you can pick up and move somewhere else because it's built around this specific space and these specific performers and musicians. So I'm assuming it's something similar to that, that it's. Um, it's sort of like that, um, but with dancers. So like but we had, we had swings so we always had covers, we had swings. Um, it was created initially with the initial cast in mind. Mm -hmm. um, but we always knew that... People like, would sub out? We would sub out, because that, that's the nature of immersive. Yeah, I, I can see that if you're running it for a while. I've never run a show like that for an extended period, usually only like two weeks. Yeah. The goal always is with immersive to last a year at least. Just so people, more people can experience it or because that's how long it takes to grow and find the piece? I would say um, to, so that way it actually brings back a financial gain, okay. to be honest, um, because it is so expensive to put up and like just requires so much right if you're teching it for that long like that's a, a really long rehearsal tech process 
Yeah. Renting all the equipment and installing and moving. Huh. So then how'd you go from that to being at a dance Um, so I, it happened really by chance. Um, I was at the stage management symposium in New York, live streaming it for a friend. And I met with a friend of a friend, um, and she was the current PA at Alvin Ailey, but she was looking to leave. And you know, dance already. Just send a resume to this. Yeah, so I I went and I shadowed uh, my PSM at um, the Coke Theater, and she was like, you know, let's talk more about it, and, you know, we'll see in the fall. Um, And then I I just followed up and was like, hey, did you still need a PA? Um, Are you still interested? Like, I'm still interested. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still free, so it'd be really nice. Yeah, and it was kind of like, it was a weird space. It was a weird time because I didn't have any work and uh, my show had just closed. So, and I was definitely looking to get out of the immersive world. <laughs> you'd, you'd had enough by that point? <laughs> like, I need, a, I need uh, something yeah, a little bit more normal. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I... I, yeah, I ended up being a PA for them um, for City Center, and I um, ran rehearsals and got to know everyone and um, was taken to City Center and learned to call shows and got to call Revelations um, and got to run the deck and got to see how you tech a dance show and how you how this company works, um, how you apply AGMA rules how you work with unions were the immersive things ever a union or was that working with unions a completely new thing for you oh that's completely new for me working with unions yeah i have not Um, had much experience with them yeah that was like my first experience and honestly it was a good experience and yeah um are they agma i can't remember because they're dancers oh that's good so you already knew yeah. Good. And so it it was um nice to be able to use my dance knowledge finally. <laughs> um to like you know, like I had seen Revelations when I was growing up and like the day that I first called Revelations was like well over 10 years to the day I had first seen Revelations in City Center. So that was like really cool. That's really amazing. Did you remember yeah. is it this did you remember pieces of it from when you watched it 10 years before? Yeah, like I had favorites. Like this was, this is like Alvin Ailey's big piece. And like I had studied it in dance history. And so it was really cool to like. See the other side of it. The other side of it. That is nice. Um, yeah. And, and then, um, you know, and I. Also, during City Center season, they did uh, the Golden Section by Twyla Tharp. And Twyla Tharp, like, I love her. I have loved her work since I first saw it. Um, and so it was really, like, cool to watch a Twyla Tharp piece be put together. And yeah. get to meet people who worked with Twyla Tharp and, like, the possibility of meeting her. Yeah. 
That's really awesome. That sounds like a great experience because then you, I was going to say it was probably the most normal show you've done up to this point. Yeah, it, it, it's been a great experience and I get to spend time in a room with people who I have only heard about in dance history. Good point. But you kind of like idolize and looked up to as a dancer. Yeah, like, you know, like I could relate to all of them in a way in which like I cannot relate to actors. Yeah. Or opera singers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still dance now? Uh, not so much. Uh, yeah, she no. totally went out dancing at some clubs when we were in Omaha. <laughs> and then complained that her feet hurt I, the next day. <laughs> I certainly go out dancing in clubs uh, occasionally. But that, that's yeah, not like... No. You're not doing... What kind of dancing did you do? Hip-hop, ballet, jazz? Like, what was your preferred style when you were... Um, I did modern contemporary was the preferred, um, at this point in my life, like, I, I love the idea of still dancing, but there's not much time for it, and, like, through Ailey, like, I do get the benefit of getting free dance classes. Yeah. But to be honest, the thought of going to dance class after doing a 10 to 7 day is kind of just not, not the there f- for me at this point. <laughs> not the first thing on your mind afterwards. No. <laughs> yeah, when I was working at S Factor, the pole dancing studio, um, they're like, well, you could take free classes. And I was like, it's an hour and a half drive home. I've been here for like nine hours. The thought of staying a couple extra hours does not sound fun at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever worked at a company where I got like free lessons. I'm gonna have to up my game. I mean, not that I want free free voice lessons. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably could. I'm sure there's people who'd be like, "Hey, yeah. you want a couple free voice lessons or an acting class?" I mean, right. I don't. I don't know how. I guess you could twin if you wanted to, or maybe piano lessons if you wanted to get back into piano. No, I want lessons on like how to program a EOS. Yeah. There you go. That would be a good one. I maybe that I should I should one. negotiate that into my next contract. Do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that. That's a good idea. Um so another question I had, you were on the road for a while, right? You did a, a tour. What you talked about that a lot, but I actually don't know anything about the tour that you did. Um so I went on tour with Just Dance Live. It was um it's another dance. Oh yeah. Really can't get away from it now. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's a dance video game that they made into an arena show. Of people playing the video game or people doing live dances based on the video game? Live dances based on the video game. Which was probably originally based on live dances. Yes. That's kind of okay. <laughs> rounded around so, in circles a little bit roundabout but it was it was fun um we did four cities one month um and it was just like it was really interesting because it was like we had um british producers um stewfish productions um then we had Ubisoft producers, so they were the French company, the French video game company. 
Um, and then we had the American technicians. And, and you toured in America or you toured in Europe? We toured, we toured in America. Um, we went to Miami, Chicago, Houston, and L.A. Wow. And you sat down for uh, like a week everywhere? or? Uh, yeah, we were basically week everywhere. So Did how does guys- that work to tour? Do Does a crew go ahead of you to like load in everything and get everything ready? And then you guys just like show up and put the show up or do you have to tech in every city? How did it work for, for your show? We all traveled together, creatives, technicians, dancers. Um, and we teched in every city. Nice. And our show changed in pretty much every city. Based on the space or? Um, based on space, based on like director's feelings on it. Cause it was very much a pilot tour. So it was still in flux. So some things would not change, but a lot of it would. Right. That makes sense. Which was fine. Like it's easy enough to figure out in tech once you know the show. Right. And it keeps it exciting. You're not doing like the same thing every single day. Yeah. Would would they change a dance or change out a complete song for a completely new dance or what would change? Um, we cut numbers. Um, we cut show elements. Um, we would just change entrances and exits, change prop handoffs. So is, you said it was a kind of a trial run. Uh, at the end yeah. of it. Or did they go on and do other ones or it just didn't um, get no, the reviews they, they wanted? They wanted to do um, like a sit down and a think about like where it was going afterwards. Um, there's no like sort of rush or timeline to like produce it anywhere else yet. Got it. They're just seeing what the reaction was and if yeah. it would work. Okay. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I really liked being on, I did a children's show that was on the road for three months and I loved it, but it was literally like a van and me and four performers. So it was kind of awesome because you can go so many places that you can't really go in a big bus, um, which was fun. But at the same time, I kind of wish that we had a big bus because then I could sleep more often. Yeah. Weren't you driving most of the time? I was driving almost the entire time. Yeah. I did have a co-pilot who drove sometimes, but I like driving, so I did most of the most of the driving. He just sat up front with me, kept me awake. Yeah, that would I would fall asleep so fast. That would be terrible. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But were were you guys in like a bus? Was it all the performers in a bus and then the set or whatever in a in a truck? Or how did I've never done a big show like that. Um so our set um had three trucks. Wow. Um, Did you bring all your lights and like projections and stuff? All lighting, um, all our video screens. Yeah. All three tracks. Uh, and then um, cast, crew, technicians, everyone. We flew from place to place. Oh, okay. So at least you weren't like sitting in a car for three days straight. No. Because that's pretty much what it would be from, like, L.A. to Chicago. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's cool. 
So then the trucks would get there early and set up, and then you guys would fly in and tech. So you didn't have to like sit around around and wait for them. Uh, we uh, did. We did have to sit around and wait. We we sent the trucks like as soon as we could. Yeah. Um, so like we would strike on the Sunday, have the Monday off, fly on the Tuesday, and so hopefully by the Wednesday, our trucks would be there ready to unload. How long would it take to unload three trucks and get it all set up? Nah, depends on your crew. Depends on what city you're in. Yeah, cause Got you- it. So you guys brought heads with you and then worked with yeah. whatever IOTC crew you're at. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, when we- at the Norris that's how it was when we'd have tours come through. You know, they'd bring the lead people and then we'd hire people and then they would instruct what to do and how things loaded in. But it always depends on who you have and how fast they are and how much they know. Oh, yeah. I always find them entertaining, too, when I'd read the writers, because it would be always be very specific about sober crew members on the rock and roll shows that would come through. <laughs> yeah, our, like our contracts were like that, too. They were very specific about when you could be not sober and when you could be sober. <laughs> yeah. During load-in and strike, you had to be you had to provide so many sober and uh, not high crew members. Like, okay, yep. great. I don't know if I've ever seen that in an Agma or in a, an IATSE contract. I actually just read the one run at, one at Portland. I mean, I scanned through a lot of it, but I, I kind of want to go in there and see if there's anything that says, like that physically says, you have to be sober. Yeah, I'm not sure I mean, I just assume contracts. everybody has to be, but I guess that's not a very good assumption. Yeah, that's why I thought it was funny because... I mean, obviously, they had enough problems with this that they had to start writing it in writers. In their contracts, yeah. 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 Of course, once the show started, half of the band people or whatever, I forget what band came through, and like 20 minutes before the show started, I walk outside and they were all smoking pot, and I was like, it's going to be a fun night. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, do you care? I was like, it's your show. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Whatever. Right, you make a... You make a fool of yourself. It's your your gig. As long as you don't hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah. they were just smoking weed. It wasn't like they were going to cause that many problems. But yeah, there was always alcohol and stuff involved for the band members. I don't, I don't really experience that too much in opera. I mean, I've worked with crews that drink. And I have one crew in particular. I actually had to ban them from drinking until after the show came down. But Yeah, because it's a safety but, thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially for this particular crew, there was incidences, so... It was a, uh, which I didn't know about until after the fact, and then when I found out about it, I was very strict about it. <laughs> like, but, nope, nope, not doing that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Weird. So, what do you have? Anything else? Will you have Alvin Ailey coming up? Right? Do you have anything else coming up, or do you have? You just putting feelers uh, out there for shows. Next week, I'm doing a workshop at the new school, um, for a week, and then I go on vacation, and then I go back to Alvin Ailey. Um, then I have three weeks off in the middle and then I'm back at Ailey and then another three weeks off and then back at Ailey. So just small gigs in between. Is there something specific that you want to do? Like, do you want to continue dance or do you want to pursue opera more or, or are you just kind of open to everything? Um, I think dance will always be part of my life. And I think at this point, like I'd like, to work for a dance company full-time, but I am okay with if that happens later in life. Right. Um, I 
I would still like to do more opera. Um, I would certainly like to tour more. Um, the dream is to do a Cirque tour. That, that right. would be pretty amazing. Because they are very, very dance heavy. Yeah. So that's that's the dream. Um, you know. But until then, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. That's always good. Have you, have you worked with your sister as a, in stage management since the the Australia gig? Nope. Would you ever want to work with your sister on a show? Uh, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just. I mean, Stacy and I have worked together on stuff, but usually, like a few times we've done it in the past ten years. I was the stage manager and she was the props person. So I, I don't know, like if we were both stage managers, how that would work. You yeah. Know? It, it would really depend on the show, like what kind of show it is. Um, who's working with us? What's our titles? And like, right. You know, I think if I had to work with my sister at, and she was my ASM, I would feel very strange. Yeah. Do you so guys she, uh, have a similar stage management style or have you really noticed? Um, I think we're similar but different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my sister, um, on age and experience and like being more of a PSM type is more aggressive and more... Um, just straight into the point and like she wants certain things and she comes from a certain school of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, was she more I, like not classically trained, but was she, you know, I guess classically uh, trained in theater in stage management or did she kind of learn on the job like you did? She, I think she got a more strict um, structure when she was in college for stage management. Um, and I think she learned a lot from touring on the road. Like she was just, she was on the road really young and like she stayed on the road. I can see how uh, that would make you much more aggressive and. Um, yeah. Not needy, but just like, this is how I want it. And this is, you know, like there's no give or take because you kind of have to be sometimes on the road. Yeah. And like, you know, she was PSMing on the road by the time she was like, 23 24 so you know it's a that's a lot of um bold personality there right exactly um which i i don't think i i'd like maybe in the last year i've gotten more comfortable having Mm -hmm. and having toured now by myself i see where it comes from yeah um, but yeah, I think us working together would be strange. <laughs> so does she still tour now or does she have more of a base that she works um, from? No, she, she lives at home in New Jersey. She, um, she has an 18 month old and she's six months pregnant with the next one. Um, her husband works on Broadway, um, as a head carpenter. So. Yeah. Wow. She's taking a break for a while. Yeah, she's well, taking yeah, a break. Yeah, with two kids. She, she went from being pregnant to having a kid to being pregnant again. That's 
Yeah. Like, turn around. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. She's, she's definitely taking a break. Does she plan to go back or be more of a stay-at-home mom or just see how it goes for now? Um, I think the the plan is to go back eventually. Um, you know, it's it's when that eventually is is the <laughs> you know. Yeah. With with two young kids it'll take a while before they're in school or, you know, really ready to, you know, have mom be gone for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly not easy, and doing it in New York is not easy with yeah. kids, so. That's really cool, though. The, so her husband yeah. works, uh, he's on Broadway. Is that how they met, doing tours, or it just happened that they met somewhere and they both ended up doing theater? Um, So they met on tour uh, when she was younger, um, and he was her TD, and she was the PSM, and they hated each other. And... <laughs> That's a know? good start. That's a good start. Yep. Wow, how did that would be interesting? I don't. Now we need to get your sister on so she can tell us about it. Do you? Oh God. Okay. Two, two more questions. Do you prefer, yeah. or do you have a preference? Do you prefer being a a, like a calling PSM versus an ASM or do you go back and forth or do you do you like doing one over the other? It depends on what I'm doing. If it's dance um, I would rather PSM Interesting. Um, if it's immersive I would rather PSM That's or, or run the deck depending on how large it is mm-hmm. um if it's theater, I'd rather ASM. Like dramas, musicals. Musicals I like calling and, and wouldn't mind being a PSM, but I think I'd rather ASM. Why is that? Do you know? Um, I like running a deck. I like organizing. Um, I like being able to make decisions pretty quickly and fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like being a PSM, it's a different, um, it's a different headspace. It's a different form of responsibility. Right. Um, keeping in mind, like, politics and what, and safety and and just, it's a lot of decision making. Yeah. No, politics, I agree with you. I feel like when I... I'm a PSNM. There's so much more politics that go into everything I do as opposed to an ASM where it's just so much freer and, you know, Yeah, you just worry less... about the actors and props and all, but you're not worried about, okay, if I change the schedule, who's going to get mad and whose schedule am I messing up? And it is the designer, right. you know, I gave the yeah. music people five extra minutes now. Dance Choreographer five wants five minutes. minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. uh, and it's it's a lot of just, like, you're always doing paperwork as a PSM, I feel like. It's true. <laughs> Someone said to me, I forget what show it was. I think it, actually Grayson said it in Omaha, but he was like, I forget how much email stage managers do. He's like, you're always on your comp- computer sending emails. And I was like, yep, pretty much. This is, like, half my job is emails and communication. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But and but as an ASM, it's not as big, you know. You like half as many emails. 
which is great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so our last question, which we prepped you for 30 minutes ago. Um, do you have <laughs> right any... before the podcast started. Right before the podcast. Do you have any twin stories? Um, when I was in high school, um, part of my like really close friend group uh, was twins, twin girls. Were they identical? Uh, no. Although they sort of, they They're looked very, similar. very similar, but not identical. So you could tell them apart? Yeah. That's cool. So that's awesome. We didn't know twins growing up. And then the, up until high school. Yeah. I guess. But a lot of people we talk to, or like twins that we've seen since then, they don't like hang out together. But Stacey and wow. I always did. But the twins you knew did? Oh, yeah. Obviously. Like, we had the same friend group. Like, they always hang out together. And then we had, like, another friend group that had another set of twins. And they hang out all the time. Well, that's... I mean, I no twins are getting to be more and more common. But that's cool. You knew two sets of twins. Did Did they do yeah. theater, too? Or... Well, I guess you didn't really do theater till after high school, so... Yeah. But none of us were really, like, we weren't theater people. <laughs> we were, like, not theater. I mean, like, we were into, like, skating and, like, listening to rock and roll and just, you know, wreaking havoc on a small town. It's good. You know, somebody has to do it, so it's good. You, you guys were doing exactly. it. <laughs> do you still talk to them or see them? Follow them on Facebook um, like the rest of us do? I think we can... We keep up on Facebook. We used to hang out a bit, like, when we were all in college. Um, but since we've all, like, moved away or, like, gotten real people jobs, it's been a <laughs> it takes up bit, all the time. You know, harder to keep up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, the invention of Facebook, you can just follow all kinds of people and know what they're doing and occasionally be like, I liked this. Uh, <laughs> still know yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast and for talking to us about, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever really met another stage manager who's done as much or more like immersive, new, weird work as I've done. So it's, yeah. it's awesome to hear somebody else's experience with it. And I still uh, don't understand it. So I know Stacey and I argue <laughs> about this all the time. She prefers like proscenium theaters, things that are already done. And I'm like, no, give me the weird spaces. This is so much yeah. more exciting. So <laughs> there's a reason they created theater so that I know where I'm plugging in the electricity there and where the go. toilet is I like to know where the bathroom is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of case. important yeah. electricity we'll figure out but <laughs> bathrooms are more important yeah. cool thank you so much for joining us I really appreciate it and um, it was great to catch right. up with you guys this is great Thanks. yay I and Yay. in seven weeks when I come home, we'll hang out and go get brunch. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and then Twin will have Thanks, a friend Alex. in New York. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right, guys. I keep telling them that I want friends, so we'll do it then. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at Twinstock Theater. 
Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of IncomTech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.